Welcome back to Songs for FRCR. It's our quick episode on pulmonary aspergillosis. And that song is, of course, Blue with Breathe Easy. Right, we're going to do aspergillus today. It causes unnecessary headache, but actually is very simple. Let's cover aspergillus in five minutes. What is it? Aspergillus is a fungus. It's a fungus and it only affects people that have pre-existing lung disease or are immunocompromised. So an immunocompetent patient with normal lungs is not going to be infected with an aspergillus fungus. We've got that out of the way. Let's head into the five manifestations of aspergillus infection. The first is ABPA, allergic bronchopulmonary aspergillosis. As the name allergic suggests, this is a hypersensitivity reaction and it occurs in asthmatics. So people with long-standing asthma will present with wheezing, a low-grade fever, signs of infection. When you invariably CT these patients, you will see the classic imaging finding of bronchiectasis and these ectatic bronchi are filled with mucus. So bronchiectasis with mucoid impaction. The mucus can be high attenuation, it can be calcified, but that combo of mucus impaction and bronchiectasis is called the finger in glove sign and suggests ABPA in the correct patient. It is by no means specific to ABPA. It's also seen in cystic fibrosis and a few other things. But as far as this talk is concerned, the finger in glove sign in the upper lobes is ABPA. So to recap, the aspergillus fungus is a fungus in soil, affects only people that have pre-existing lung disease or are immunocompromised. It affects in one of five ways. The first is ABPA, allergic bronchopulmonary aspergillosis. This is a hypersensitivity reaction. You can remember that because the word allergic is in the title and it's most commonly in patients that have had asthma for a long time. They will come with what looks like an infective exacerbation of the asthma. 
fever, coughing and sputum. And when you CT them, you will see in the upper lobes, you will see bronchiectasis and mucoid impaction, which is called the finger in glove sign. That's it for ABPA. The next manifestation of aspergillus is an aspergilloma. What is an aspergilloma? And so imagine you're aspergillus. Lots of these fungi will collect together. They'll interwine lots of cellular debris and they'll make a ball, a ball of fungus. Sounds disgusting. This ball of fungus has got quite a nice name. It's called a mycetoma. And this mycetoma will only exist within a pre-existing pulmonary cavity. So if you have some lungs that already have cavities, then you can collect a ball of fungus, a ball of aspergillus inside these cavities called a mycetoma. The most common reason for having previous cavities are obviously going to be TB and sarcoid. And most often, if the aspergilloma is symptomatic, if this mycetoma is symptomatic, you will see hemoptysis. Now, this interwined ball of fungus and dead cells is actually free inside the cavity. So it moves around inside this lung cavity. So you'll often see it described as being in a dependent position. Because it's free and it moves around, you will also see a crescent of air outlining the mycetoma. So you'll have the cavity, the mycetoma in the middle and air surrounding the outside of this fungus ball. That's called the monod sign, M-O-N-O-D. So from the top, we're doing aspergillus. Aspergillus is an infection of, or it's a fungus that infects lungs that are pre-damaged. These have pre-existing lung conditions or individuals who are immunocompromised. It has one of five manifestations. The first we did was ABPA, allergic bronchopulmonary aspergillosis. As the word allergic suggests, it's a hypersensitivity reaction and most commonly people that have long-standing asthma. They're going to present with symptoms of infection, so wheezing and coughing and fever. And the key finding, the giveaway in an exam, will be upper lobe bronchiectasis with mucoid impaction. There'll be big bronchi, big airways that are filled with mucus. It's usually high attenuation mucus and it's called the finger in glove sign, not specific to ABPA, but in the right clinical history will be a giveaway. The next manifestation was an aspergilloma. What's an aspergilloma? Well, if you have some lungs that already have cavities in them, most likely from TB or sarcoid, then a nice ball of fungus and cells and dead cells can collect inside the already known cavities. This ball of fungus is free within the cavity, so it's always in a dependent position and will often have a rim of air around it. This air is called the monod sign, M-O-N-O-D. These patients will present with hemoptysis. I'm going to take a short break before we move on to the next, the third of our five presentations of aspergillosis.
We move on now to semi-invasive aspergillosis. Semi-invasive is also called chronic necrotizing aspergillosis and that should give away what's actually going on. So this is chronic aspergillus infection. The word chronic is in the title and this happens in patients who are diabetic, alcoholic, COPD, generally debilitated in some way. Because it's a chronic infection, as you would expect, it's going to have a long history of cough and a chronic fever. And what are you going to see on CT? Well, it's called semi-invasive chronic necrotizing aspergillosis. The semi-invasive will take the S from that, which will help you remember the first feature is segmental consolidation. Then the other term for it is chronic necrotizing. Take the C from the chronic necrotizing and that will help you remember the next feature which is cavitation. And finally there is pleural thickening. So semi-invasive, also known as chronic necrotizing aspergillosis, features the letters S and C. S for semi-invasive, C for chronic necrotizing. The S can also help you remember segmental consolidation is a feature on CT. The C helps you remember that cavitation is a feature on CT. And finally, pleural thickening. All this because it's a chronic infection will be happening and progressing over months or even years. So to summarise, semi-invasive, aka chronic necrotizing aspergillosis, it's a chronic infection of aspergillus which occurs in the debilitated, the diabetics, the COPD, the alcoholics and they will present with features of chronic infection so long-standing fever and cough and the CT findings are the same as the initials of the actual disease title. S for segmental consolidation and the C for cavitation plus pleural thickening. That is semi-invasive also known as chronic necrotizing aspergillosis. We move on now to number four in our five manifestations of aspergillus infection. It's called airway invasive aspergillus. And as the word, the name suggests, it will invade the airway. So technically, airway invasive aspergillosis is infection that is deep to the airway epithelial cells. So let's recap the anatomy or the cellular makeup of our airway. We'll go from the airway lumen and work outwards to the adventitia. The lumen is obviously filled with air. We then have cilia, 
which line the lumen and the next layer coming outside of that is a single layer of pseudostratified ciliated columnar epithelium. That's your epithelial cell layer. So anything deep to this is called airway invasive aspergillus because it's invading the airway. So we have lumen. Coming out of the lumen, we have a single layer of epithelial cells, of ciliated epithelial cells. Moving outside of the epithelial cells, we have a layer, a basement membrane layer. Outside, again, further out from the basement membrane is the submucosa that contains all sorts of stuff, fibroblasts, blood cells, mast cells, nerves, you name it, it's there. Moving out of the submucosa, we then have smooth muscle and then adventitia is the outer layer. So let's do that again. Lumen, coming out of that, we have the ciliated columnar epithelium, single layer, then a basement membrane. Then we have the submucosa filled with blood vessels and everything. Then smooth muscle and then the adventitia. So airway invasive aspergillus is invading this stuff. Anything deep to the first single layer of ciliated columnar epithelium. This will only occur, that was pretty thorough, but I'm nothing if not thorough. So this only occurs in patients who are immunocompromised. So if they are on chemotherapy, neutropenic, or if they have AIDS, and there is a big spectrum of the actual clinical disease they can get. It can be a little bit of bronchiolitis and go all the way up to florid bronchopneumonia. If you do end up with the bronchopneumonia end of the spectrum, there is no way to tell on imaging that this bronchopneumonia is caused by airway invasive aspergillus. It will look just like every other cause of bronchopneumonia. The main CT findings that will help you in an exam are going to be centrilobular nodules and tree in bud nodules. So we'll say that again. Centrilobular and tree in bud nodules are going to help you in identifying airway invasive aspergillus. The other thing that will help you remember, as I've said, it only occurs in the immunocompromised, neutropenic and AIDS patients. Main CT findings are centrilobular nodules and tree-in-bud nodules. FYI, there are four main differentials for tree-in-bud nodules. I remember them as BAM, B-A-A-M, mainly because I have a relative who works for BAM, the construction company. And it they are, B is bacterial pneumonia, A is aspiration pneumonia, and of course, airway invasive aspergillus that we've just been talking about. And M is mycobacteria, either TB or any atypical mycobacteria. That was a side note, it's useful to know. That's it for airway invasive aspergillus. I'm going to recap this quickly. So airway invasive aspergillus is infection, any infection deep to the airway epithelial cells. Remember it goes airway lumen, ciliated epithelial cell single layer, basement membrane, submucosa, smooth muscle, adventitia from inside to out. Only occurs in neutropenic and AIDS patients and they can get any spectrum of disease from bronchiolitis all the way to bronchopneumonia. If they do get bronchopneumonia, you cannot tell that the underlying cause was airway invasive aspergillus. It will look no different to every other cause of bronchopneumonia. Now, the main CT findings that are going to help you as well as the clinical history are the nodules, centrilobular nodules and tree-in-bud nodules. 
four main differentials for tree in bud nodules are BAM. B is what was B? Bacterial pneumonia. A is airway invasive aspergillus and aspiration pneumonia. And M is mycobacteria, either TB or atypicals. That's airway invasive aspergillus. We now have our last one, angio-invasive aspergillus. Let's take a break and we'll come back in a second. says boy band members can't sing. That was pretty impressive. A particularly impressive vocal range there from Lee Ryan, but let's move on to our recap of aspergillosis. Finally, we move on to angio-invasive aspergillosis. As the name suggests, it is angio-invasive, so it invades the small arterioles and small pulmonary arteries. You only get angioinvasive aspergillosis exclusively in the severely immunocompromised. These In the exam question, these patients will be either on chemotherapy, they'll be post-transplant, it can be an organ transplant or a stem cell transplant, and they will may have AIDS. So it's always the severely immunocompromised that get this aggressive angioinvasive aspergillosis. There are two signs that you need to look for for angioinvasive aspergillosis in an exam. The first is the CT halo sign. It is basically consolidation with a halo of ground glass attenuation. So consolidation in the middle, surrounded by ground glass halo. And this is not specific to angioinvasive aspergillosis, but as with everything, with the right clinical history, you can make an educated guess in an exam. So the halo sign, I'll say it again, is consolidation with surrounding peripheral ground glass attenuation. This ground glass attenuation is actually hemorrhage and it's thought this image is of hemorrhagic infarcted lung. The second sign is after this lung has infarcted, it will begin to retract. And when it retracts, you get this crescent of air surrounding the lesion. The crescent of air is very similar to the monad sign. Remember the monad sign of a mycetoma? When you have a known cavity with this aspergillus ball mycetoma inside of it, you get crescent of air surrounding the mycetoma which is called the monad sign. Now this sign, the air crescent sign, is visually very similar to the monad sign. It's a crescent of air surrounding this lesion and it's retraction of the infarcted lung. It's actually a good sign. It means the patient is recovering from their angioinvasive aspergillosis. Let's repeat that again and then we'll take it from the top to remind you of everything we've done today. Angioinvasive aspergillosis, aggressive, small blood vessels involvement and it only occurs in severely immunocompromised. In an exam it's going to be chemo patients, transplant patients and people with AIDS. 
two signs, the CT halo sign and the air crescent sign. The halo sign is consolidation surrounded by ground glass attenuation, the ground glass halo. And this ground glass halo is hemorrhagic infarction. So infarcted dead lung. As the lung is dead later on, it will begin to retract. And this retraction gives you an air crescent sign, a crescenteric rim of air caused by retraction of the infarcted lung. It's a good sign. It means the patient is recovering. So that was angioinvasive aspergillosis. We've gone on longer than I planned to, but I think it's worth going over this from the top. So take a breather and we'll do a full review of aspergillosis. So aspergillosis, we're going to do a very quick recap. It only occurs in patients with either immunocompromised or have pre-existing lung disease and it will affect these people in one of five ways. The clinical history will usually give away which one it is in an exam. Let's go through them very quickly. We'll start with ABPA, allergic bronchopulmonary aspergillosis. And as the name suggests, it's an allergic hypersensitivity reaction in patients that have long-standing asthma. They'll present with signs of infective asthma with wheezing and low-grade fever and sputum. And the key finding on CT is this finger-in-glove sign, bronchiectasis with mucus impaction. Remember, it's not specific to ABPA. The next manifestation is an aspergilloma, so lots of aspergillus fungi and dead cells and all kinds of things make a nice fungus, a ball of fungus called a mycetoma. This ball of fungus will only exist in a pre-existing cavity. So if a patient has cavities in their lungs already, most commonly from TB or sarcoid, then this ball of fungus can grow inside it. It is free within the cavity, so you'll find it in a dependent position. And you will see a crescent of air surrounding this ball of fungus within that cavity called the monad sign. The most common presentation of a mycetoma or aspergilloma is hemoptysis. We then moved on to semi-invasive, also known as chronic necrotizing aspergillosis. We said this was a chronic infection and it occurred in people who were debilitated, diabetic, alcoholic or had COPD. It's a chronic infection so they present with chronic infection symptoms, cough, chronic fever and what you'll see on imaging were the same as the initials of the title of the disease. So semi-invasive, the S gives you segmental areas of consolidation and the Chronic necrotizing, the C is a cavitation, so segmental areas of consolidation, cavitation, and finally pleural thickening. That was semi invasive or chronic necrotizing aspergillosis. We then moved on to airway invasive aspergillosis. The last two, airway invasive and angioinvasive, only occur in the immunocompromised. Airway invasive aspergillosis you'll see is any infection that occurs deep to the airway epithelial cells. We talked about the makeup of the airway wall and again, I'll say it again, only in the immunocompromised in an exam, AIDS patients and neutropenic patients from whatever reason. The, there's a spectrum of clinical disease, bronchiolitis, bronchopneumonia, 
And the main CT findings are the nodules, centrilobular and tree in bud nodules. Now, tree in bud nodules has a differential of four different things. They are bacterial pneumonia, airway invasive aspergillosis, aspiration pneumonia and mycobacteria, either TB or atypical mycobacteria. Finally, almost done, angio-invasive aspergillosis. Remember, the last two are only in immunocompromised. With this angio-invasive aspergillosis in these severely immunocompromised patients, in your exam, these patients will be on chemotherapy, they'll be post-transplant, or they may have AIDS. And there are two signs you're going to look for in an exam. The CT halo sign focal consolidation surrounded by a halo of ground glass. This ground glass halo, the ground glass is hemorrhagic infarction of the lung. As the lung is infarcted, it will begin to retract and it will give you the second sign, the air crescent sign, which looks a lot like the monad sign from a mycetoma. And this is a crescenteric rim of air, crescenteric air around your lesion. It's a good sign. It means the patient is recovering. So I've said already that the clinical history will give you all the clues you need in an exam. So if you know, if you recognize in an exam, this patient has aspergillosis. If they're asthmatic, it's going to be ABPA. If they have a disease that would give them pre-existing cavities like sarcoid or TB, think aspergilloma. If they are diabetic, if they're alcoholic, if they have some debilitating disease, think semi-invasive or chronic necrotizing aspergillosis. And if they are neutropenic or immunocompromised, think of the two invasives, the airway invasive or the angioinvasive. That's it. That was aspergillosis. I hope it's made it nice and easy and I hope this stays in your mind and you do well in an exam. If there is a topic that you're finding difficult, but only a small topic, we can't do massive topics now until after the exam, then please drop us an email and we'll try to make it easy for you to remember. Think of some mnemonics or somehow make it fun and interesting. So drop us an email, you know the email address or a tweet or however you want to get in touch. We'll see you next time with another small topic for your FRCR 2A. Have a great week, guys.